One of the biggest policy divides between farmers and environmentalists in recent years has been over an effort to restrict the use of neonicotinoid pesticides, which some in the agriculture industry have described as a critical, hyper-focused tool and have been decried as a superfluous danger by green advocates. At the end of 2023, Governor Kathy Hochul signed legislation addressing the controversial pesticide, reaching a compromise with Democrats in the state legislature that would eventually scale back the original proposal, which faced vehement opposition from groups like the New York Farm Bureau. To discuss the final deal and what it means for New York's agriculture industry, we're joined on WCNY's The Capitol Press Room by Jim Davenport, a Hudson Valley dairy farmer. Welcome to the show, Jim. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. So first off, I'm curious, as a dairy farmer, is the debate over neonicotinoid pesticides one that impacts your operations? Yes, it does. Um, we basically, we feed a high amount of the crops that cows are meant to eat to them, a lot of forages. Uh, so what we feed is a lot of grass silage um, and grass hay, and then we also feed whole plant corn silage. Um, the technology and the plant breeding has progressed a long way since I started milking my own cows in 1986. And it's gotten to the point now where through plant, primarily plant breeding, we have corn that we can plant that is super digestible for the cow, and the cow can produce maximum amount of milk and maintain themselves in an easy fashion with a minimal amount of purchased grain. The downside of this corn seed is we pay dearly for it, and uh, what's going on now is um, we pay a lot of money for this seed, and because of that, the technology and corn planters have gotten really good at placing that seed properly in the ground. So if not bothered by insects um, in the ground, that seed will sprout and we can get very nearly every seed that goes in the ground, we can get a corn plant out of, which is very good because uh, the seed has gone from uh, to do two and a half acres, um, oh, I don't know, 30 years ago for the best corn seed there was to make the most digestible forage. It was 160 bucks. And now it's over $380 for the same acreage to plant the seed. So it's critical that that little baby corn plant can get going. Um, and uh, the, the Neonic seed treatment has been a godsend because it's packaged far away, comes to me in a bag of 80,000 kernels. And I open the bag and I put the lid on a planter up and I put the bag of seed in the hopper, close the lid, and it goes from there down inch and a half in the ground and because of the value of the seed it gets completely covered perfectly so every seed has a chance to germinate and that all it's got with it is that minute little insecticide that keeps all the little critters in the ground that like to eat anything and they see a nice fat corn seed and it's like dinner time for them and this just basically discourages them from eating it and uh, basically they have to eat other organic matter in the soil and leave our corn seed alone. So that's basically what's worked out really well for us. So the legislation that moved through both houses at the Capitol in 2023 uh, put in place prohibitions on neonicotinoid pesticide-treated seeds like corn that we just talked about, as well as soybean and for wheat, I believe starting in 2027, and pesticides um, for outdoor ornamental plants and turf starting in the summer of 2025. What does the compromise struck 
by the governor and the legislature due for those effective dates? Does it push them back so you've got more time to find alternatives? I believe up in Ontario, Canada, they've gone down this road already. And uh, the dairy farmers up there, even though it's north of us, it's pretty good growing season up there in a lot of part of the dairy producing part of Ontario. So they also plant corn for silage and um, they are allowed to get a waiver. All I can really speak comfortably about is what it means to me as a dairy farmer and trying to maximize my cow's ability to produce from what I can grow on the farm with my own inputs with manure from the cows as fertilizer. Um, I basically, the whole, the whole thing revolves around to me, seed treatment is what I can speak comfortably about. And I can, you know, with the, particularly the kind of corn planter I have, that seed treatment stays on that seed in the ground. And, um, that's what protects it and allows it to grow. And after that, I don't have to worry about insecticides. That's it. Um, the last time I used the alternative that we had, that's no longer available, uh, my daughter was in seventh grade. I just distinctly remember this one day, this one field that I knew had tremendous issues with insect pressure. So I used that stuff, and that was the last time I used it. Um, she was in seventh grade. She's 33, going to be 34 in June. Mm. And that was the last time I used it. Furidan was the insecticide. That was put in the furrow right behind the seed um, and then in front of the closing wheels. But that was not as precise of a way to do it as it could. There was really no better way to do it, but we used, I don't know, somewhere in the 15 to 20 pound per acre range. And there was, you know, a lot of collateral damage that, you know, we protected the corn. Yes. But, um, it it was just a large volume of pesticide. Now, I don't even know what the amount per bag of seed is. Like I said, 80,000 kernels, you put about 28 or 29 with this particular corn per acre, but the amount is measured in bag ounces and a bag does two and a half acres. So, you know, it's just so much, so much less stuff and so targeted. And like I said, when it's closed into the ground, it does not, it can't possibly be accessed by anything at all except those critters are going to try to eat the corn seed. Well, before we move on, let me reintroduce you for listeners uh, just joining us. Uh, We're speaking with Jim Davenport, a Hudson Valley dairy farmer, and we're talking about a a compromised new law dealing with the use of neonicotinoid pesticides. So my understanding from the governor's press release and some of the other announcements I've seen about this is that potentially neonicotinoids can get phased out if there are alternatives that are deemed to be as viable but more environmentally friendly and that it seems to be kind of at the discretion of the State Department of Environmental Conservation and and the State Department of Ag and Markets about what that transition looks like. Is that a fair assessment from your point of view? Is there potentially that chance that you might not be able to use these? Yeah, but one thing you have to realize when it comes to the national production of of seed, period, any kind of seed for agriculture, New York's share of the usage of that is a drop in the bucket. You know, um, as far as if you just if you strictly look at corn, all the information is there from the USDA, how many acres of corn we plant, um, and compared to you know the Corn Belt where we've got commodity corn grown to be sold as a commodity in internationally. 
it's a drop in the bucket. Now, if it ends up being enough pressure on the rest of the country to do away with neonic C treatment, there'll be enough impetus to other, you know, to, um, you know, whoever would be producing pesticides to come up with something different that might have the same effect on controlling the pests that like to eat the corn seed for as a chance to turn into a plant. Um, there might be something that'll come along and be better, but uh, in the New York market, um, I don't really know if the producers of said pesticides are going to waste their time. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it, the neonic treatment, like I said, has been extremely effective. And, you know, in, in the old days, you would have a lot of plants would fail to come up. And if it was a wet year, you might start thinking that certain bugs got it. It was a different kind of a year if you had high organic matter in your soil versus low organic. There's all these different factors, but that tiny little bit of that stuff on that seed, it doesn't really matter what the conditions are in the soils. It'll protect that seed from those insects. So it's a pretty tall order to come up with it. And I think it could happen if all of a sudden the whole you know, they had no other alternative, someone would figure something out. But I don't really know if the rest of the country is going to catch up to where we're at with our regulations in this state. Um, so that's my question, I guess, is who is going to do it? Well, finally, moving forward, the state is planning to implement a, a waiver uh, provision. Do you have confidence in the state regulators to deftly handle the deployment of waivers so that farmers like yourself can still utilize neonicotinoid pesticides if if they deem that they're still an important part of producing your crops? Yeah, I, I you know, I really do because New York State Ag and Markets, um, they understand the importance of agriculture to New York and to feeding people. And the New York DEC, yes, they're a regulatory agency, but they do base everything on science. And uh, most of us in agriculture, we wouldn't be where we are if it wasn't for applied science that was came down from the land-grant universities. And, of course, we have our own Cornell in New York State. And I honestly believe that, there, thank goodness, the governor gave us some breathing room to be able to get this whole um, waiver process figured out, make it user-friendly, make it still perform the task it's going to perform. But you know, if there was going to be, we got to have this thing ready to go next year, I'd say we're 100% screwed. But I think with the, with the amount of time, we could probably come up with something. And then, like I said, we don't know nationally what's going to happen, but by then there may be enough that someone might come up with something better that maybe everybody deems safer for non-target pests. I feel that passing this and getting us some time, I think I think that between ag and markets will certainly be working hard to get something that's usable for the farmer because they understand that farmers are under tremendous pressure um, for a host of reasons. Um, you know, New York is not a cheap place to farm, that's for sure. Uh, but on the other hand, we have a large market, people that like to eat local, so it's important that agriculture keeps going and open space and, you know, the whole works. Um, and farmers are up to the task to comply, but we have to have something that isn't going to drive us insane to do so. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Jim Davenport. He is a Hudson Valley dairy farmer and a board member of the Columbia County Farm Bureau. Jim, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. 
And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. Your business, agency, or service interested in delivering your message to more than two dozen radio stations statewide carrying Capital Press Room? If so, visit capitalpressroom.org to contact our underwriting team.